Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. I'm super excited about our guest this week. We have the lovely Janine Urbaniak-Reed. Janine Reed is a mother and author of the upcoming The Opposite of Certainty, Fear, Faith and Life in Between. She hopes to help others find hidden strength and hope in an unpredictable world and to inspire us all to come through seemingly impossible times transformed by sharing the story of her own reluctant journey through the completely unimaginable. In the opposite of certainty, Janine reveals the details of her life as the mother of a son with a slow-growing brain tumor, the chaos, devastation, search of strength bigger than her circumstances, and the journey to discover hidden reserves of resilience, humor, and faith that looked nothing like she thought it would. She shares this moving, deeply, hopeful story at a time the world needs it the most than ever to show us how we can come through the impossible intact and even more our true selves than we have ever allowed before. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Today, I have the lovely Janine Abanik reed Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Lovely to have you uh, on the show. And we were just, for our listeners, we were just exchanging uh, the difference in temperature. So just in case today during our interview, you hear this crazy wind in the background. It is a crazy, crazy day. And the lovely Janine is um, from a little place in San Francisco, and it's it's different weather there, correct? Yes. Well, actually, uh, since we've been talking, the wind is now moving the trees. So <laughs> I think we, we've uh, done something there, but it's beautiful. It's springtime here with a wonderful blue sky, clear, you know, it's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. So we're in sync ready for this interview so janine the way that we always love to start the show we always love to ask our woman of inspiration i'm talking too fast her unique story so janine tell us what inspired you to do what you do today well i am coming out with my first book which is a memoir uh called the opposite of certainty and it is my story about um living through what I didn't think I could. Um, you know, we, we've been saying it's what, 
what's real and true when what's happening can't be happening. And um, so what moved me to write the book in the first place is I tried to write the book I tried to find in a crisis and couldn't. And um, and that's that piece of it, the book and writing the book and um, how I landed and what the story is about and what I'm about is I, you know, I, I came into this world, um, <laughs> the oldest child of two young parents who uh, lovely people um, into a family with a lot of alcoholism. And, you know, I tried to do really good and be a really good girl in this world, <laughs> as so many of us do. And, um, and I was, you know, convinced that how I dealt with the chaos in my life was that I was going to control everything and I was going to be good and I was going to manage well. So fast forward, you know, um, I am the mother of three children and I have been trying to be the perfect mom. <laughs> and we all, God, I, you know, I have such compassion for it, for myself, for that young mom that was me who was reading every book and trying to do everything so right so my kids would be okay. I say so my kids would never be um, scared, scared or scarred. Um, and, you know, we can only control so much. So by this time, I, I thought I'd punched the figurative, you know, frequent buyer card for tragedy in my life. So I was ready. You know, I'd, I'd had my upbringing. I'd gone through a lot of therapy and um, recovery around the family disease of alcoholism. And lo and behold, discovered that I have that gene, too. And I got ended up getting sober now 31 years ago. So when my kids were born, you know, I was a sober mom. I tried so hard. And yet you hear the story coming that things didn't go as according to plan. And that is, you know, the title works in a lot of different ways. But, you know, I tried. So um, my what happened is my middle son was diagnosed with a brain tumor when he was nine. And um, the book and um my journey as a woman and as a uh, contributor in this world um, is about finding faith big enough for circumstances and finding um, footing on uncertain ground. So that's a that's a little about me, <laughs> in in a in a sort of a nutshell. Okay, so. I'm curious about the book. Let's unpack the book a little bit. Yes. Talk us through the Absolutely. opposite of certainty. I'm I'm sorry. I, I you blanked out there for a second. Oh no, I'm curious about the book. What's in the book? Yes. So let's unpack the, the opposite of uh, of certainty. The book is is my story. It starts with um, when my young son's hand begins to shake. And again, I've been trying to control and do everything just right. And um, I took him to doctors and I was told he just had migraine headaches and just a little shake. The doctor even called that a normal tremor. And we went on and, um, and my son wasn't getting better. So ultimately, he another doctor ordered a scan of his brain and we found this um, very large tumor and the tumor um wasn't something that anybody could ever operate on because it had wrapped itself around critical structures of the brain so um 
our, it was like the bottom fell out of our lives. Of course, of course. Right. And I have two other children, um, at this time, uh, a 13 year old and a seven year old. Um, my husband's very engaged in his career and, um, and I had a crisis of faith as people do when we get to these points. Right. Um, I thought that God and I, you know, I, I was smart enough. I would have never spoken this aloud because I would be afraid of how you would think of me. But I think I thought God and I had a deal, right? I would do everything right. I would obey all the rules and, you know, maybe my kids would be spared. And then I also had that backlog of like, oh, look, I've already done hard in my life. Haven't I had enough spiritual growth in my life? Um, and so the book is about that journey and what it was like um, finding finding a faith big enough for those circumstances. Um, my son, uh, who is he is funny and goofy and adorable, of course, um, as as all of our sons are. Um, and he, uh, when he was 13, had a massive hemorrhage in his brain. And that's, again, another bottom fell out. So my life has been these series of bottoms. But I always like to think that, you know, what this is what I'm, I'm here for. It's the spiritual journey. What, do, what can I learn? What can I, um, how can I um, use this experience for gold? You know, there's a certain alchemy that happens. But first, I have to say that you know, how scared I am and how afraid I am. And then things can begin to transform. And um, the writing of the book did that for to me and the living of the story also did that for me. Wow, that's you know, that takes a lot of courage. I feel that when you can actually stand in your truth and and let go of the, uh, of what's the, you know, because I, I really believe the only certainty is uncertainty. I don't believe there is such thing as certainty. So when um, we are faced with uncertainty, it is up to us how we react and respond. And this is where I think it, you um, had a lot of courage to be able to read it in, in such a way and do something with it. What was that that pivot for you? What was it that thing that that helped you move into that space? Well, I think sometimes life forces us to just surrender. You know, we, that's always my, my first, my first impulse is to try to control what I can't control. And then I, you know, that never goes well. Um, it only makes me feel crazy. And then ultimately, um, I'm forced to surrender. And, you know, there was a moment in my son's, um, when after my son had the massive hemorrhage, he was in the hospital for six months. And I'm very blessed. And I think it's also critical to walk through these big life experiences. We so need each other. And I've been really blessed with wonderful friends. And uh, my son was in the hospital. And um, how I got my courage was called, you know, I had my people. And I, I'm not a big circle peep kind of gal. I don't have legions of friends, but I have my key people. And I called my friend Joan and I just, I finally told the truth, which was that I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do another sleepless night. I don't think I can do it more uncertainty, right? Because we just, it's just like the bottom keeps coming out from underneath us sometimes. And this was my experience here. And the beauty of um, having a friend on the other 
end of the phone line who isn't presently in crisis, she was able to say to me, but you're doing it. You're doing it. And that's when I, there was this transformation in me where I could, I just got it that courage doesn't always feel like Wonder Woman looks, <laughs> you know, courage feels like it's really hard and I'm not giving up. I'm really tired and I'm not giving up. So to me, I'm hearing that courage for you was standing in your truth, standing in your light, just surrendering to, I can't do this anymore. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that's that's exactly it. And the starting point, I believe, always has to be the truth. Um, because, you know, I think there I've been seeing it a lot with um, the current COVID crisis and we're all just struggling. You know, I have some compassion for every person in this world struggling to orient themselves. Uh, I do see a lot of memes and things on social media like we were jumped to gratitude before like, like I could skip over this grief and scary part and just psych myself into in a better way of thinking. And I tried that, you know, um, that's where people used to say to me, well, you can't have fear and faith <laughs> or God won't give you more than you can handle. And there's some truth to those things. Yet the friends and what I've learned to do for other people too, is to sit and to just to sit in that discomfort of the truth is this is really hard. It's really scary. And I don't think I can do it. And if I can touch into that really deep truth, uh, the, a genuine gratitude can really take hold. And I can notice what's it with me in that moment, you know, with, and those are the small joys and this improbable good, I call it um, in the book, the improbable good that I find in moments that, you know, ostensibly are not good. Wow, it's uh, very powerful words. And I think that you can have, what you're saying is you can have fear and faith because fear is standing in your truth that, uh, you know, maybe I'm not coping with this, but having faith that it will all work out work out in the end. Is that right? I, I, yeah, I, I, well, it's been my experience that I can have fear and faith at the same time. And the faith is that, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to do this another day. I'm going to do this another hour. You know, when I was getting sober, when I was 24, it was being very uncomfortable, even though I wasn't a daily drinker, but it came a time when I was really uncomfortable and it was not taking a drink when I was really uncomfortable. That was an act of profound faith. So it's different things at different times of our lives, but absolutely it's, um, you know, it's, it's my dad at one point said to me, well, if you can't have fear and faith, what's courage, you know, which I, I guess other people have said that in history, too. But I attribute it to my dad. You know, and, and as you're talking through it, I'm just thinking that with every word, let's say, uh, whether it's fear and faith, if it's a dichotomy, right? So if one exists, whether you want to call it positive or negative, the other one has to exist. It's about how do we hold both of these dichotomies and stand in the middle? So you can, yeah. the way that I see it, the way that you're describing it, it absolutely, you can have fear and faith because they both coexist in a different, um, uh, I guess, different vibration, 
but it's a dichotomy mm. and it's about us holding both of these at the same time, understanding they both exist, but we don't have to. It, it makes me think of a teacher once said to me that uh, a dichotomy where we all have them in our lives and we are walking amongst this tightrope right in the center of it. And if we lean, let's say one black bird in one hand and one white bird in the other hand, and as we are walking across this tightrope, when we lean towards one, we will fall off the tightrope. However, mm -hmm. if we can observe and understand they both coexist at the same time, but we don't have to go and invest our energy on either one, whether it's, and I'm, I'm seeing that as fear is fake, the black bird sure. and the white bird, uh, they do coexist that we can then find balance and still stand in our truth, but not have to feed either. Yeah. And isn't that the human experience? Yes. It's the, it's the depth of the colors. It's the, um, all of the shades. And I think, you know, what I had to come to terms with was I really would have preferred black and white, a part of me, you know, and, and, and you know, it's, it's, we all grow up and, and it almost sounds childlike, you know, that I, I would like things black and white, but I'd like, I'd like things, you know, sortable, good, bad, you know, I can always, I, I would like to feel good all the time. I wouldn't like to feel these other feelings, but really that is not the human experience. It's everything and the beauty of it. And, you know, walking through uncertain times is it doesn't have to be all one way or the other, as you're saying, you can, it, it's holdable. And that is a profound lesson. Because big changes really do start with small steps and sometimes we're not even privy to the direction, but it's like the unfolding of the yellow brick road. Just take that one step. And so for you, it was actually standing in your truth and just surrendering. Absolutely. And every profound, you know, I think I've had a series of spiritual awakenings in my life and everyone stands from a surrender of limiting ideas, old ideas, um, and just, and saying what's true and being in that extremely vulnerable place of also saying, I don't know, you know, I don't know, I don't know how to make this work with this truth. Um, but I'm just going to tell you what it is. Mm. So Janine, you talked about letting go of control. How do you do that? Cause I know this, and we were just talking about this the other day with an, another guest <laughs> about manifestation. So it's about how do we manifest or want to create whatever that is in our life and actually let go of the how piece? So how do you or what's your trick to surrender? I do it imperfectly, first of all. And I give and then that, and that gives me I've gotten such a, a much more gentle voice with myself. I do it imperfectly. And, um, you know, I, I do believe in having a circle of people close to me that I can run things by because there's a beautiful prayer, you know, ha God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And, you know, I, there is a lot that I can do and I will control up until the point, <laughs> you know, it, like writing a book, I had to show up to my computer. I had to show up to edits. Um, but once that book launched into the universe, you know, that's when the there was a lot of trust that somebody would receive it, you know, that a publisher would want to publish it. And similarly, I'm seeing that in this in-between place right now. I'm just a couple, well, 11 days out from publication. 
um, I'm really pulling back. I wanted to find success in some fabulous big world Amazon way, but I'm pulling back to, well, yesterday I had two Q and A's to fill out and I did one and I mailed a book and I went for a walk with a friend. So I'm trying to take credit for the small pieces. This is what I, I wrote a really nice Q and A. That's a lot, you know, mm. what happened that Q&A, how it's received, that I can't control. What people think of me, if they are, if if I connect with them or not, you know, I can just open my heart and be vulnerable in that way. And I, and I may not be the person for some people and that's okay too, right? Mm, it's true because it's, um, it's not for everybody. You'll find your tribe, people will res- resonate with you uh, because they will connect with you and that's not for everybody and I think I even had to learn that myself a long time ago that you know we try so hard to be liked and we try so hard to do the right thing and trying to please everybody and, it, and it, you can't please everybody no and you can't have a it doesn't seem to me you can have a very I can't have a very big life if I'm trying to please everybody Right. Because I've, I've narrowed my I'm just not listening to that little that nudge inside of me and I'm screening everything I say or everything I write, you know, uh, and that that's another that's another story. But everything I write through the screen of what is someone else going to think, for instance, I had to get over writing and screening everything through my mind of how my mother might judge it. And, and the curious thing is my mom loves the book <laughs> with all, and I, and everything's in there, you know? So, yeah. And isn't it interesting how we can get in our own way so often. So Janine, I'm curious through your writing journey, cause we've had quite a few authors on the show. What was your greatest lesson during that time writing the book? Um, uh, well, they're, they're, the greatest lesson, I think, was to stop judging, to really learn to work with that inner voice and that judgy voice and that critic voice to find to be able to um, just go for it on the page. And, you know, not every draft is going to be brilliant. Not every paragraph is going to be great. Um but to also to to, to not um, become small in the face of that in the in the wake of the critic. So there was a lot of outrunning the critic, and um, and really um, being willing to just crack open and just say what came out. It was almost like being a channel, you know, for this story, for my story. So. I'm curious, how did you work with your inner critic? Because we all have one and we all work with our inner critic in a very different way. How did you work with yours? Well, I, I've learned through trial and error. I, you know, I used to go head to head with the inner critic, like, uh, no, knock it off, which doesn't work for me. So I've had to kind of like if I imagine it in my mind, say there's like a there's a dining room table and there's the critic. I just go, oh, sweetheart, let me get you a cup of tea. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. And I've got this. We're OK. <laughs> so 
you know, I, I, uh, visuals work for me and images work for me. So, and it does come up. And sometimes I also need to call a friend and, and even, you know, and say, I'm, I'm writing really terrible stuff right now. And a friend might say, can just send it to me. Can let me look at it and give me a reality check. And I have never had a friend say, oh my God, that is just horrid. You know what I'm thinking in my mind. It's often not, you know, she might say, I didn't understand this sentence, or you might've, you know, give me some constructive critics, constructive, um, feedback. But, um, I do need voices that are not in my own head sometimes to reflect back to me. What's real. Oh, I love that. So you, so when your critic comes up, you, uh, pretty much dance with it. But also you're going externally to get validation that your work is is perfectly fine. Exactly. And, and I think it's important to cultivate safe people for this. Not everyone. And that's I've learned that the hard way, you know, so. I have certain people I trust and, and I don't mind criticism. I don't mind if somebody says, yeah, that didn't make sense or I like something else better. Um, but it's important to me just to, to have people who love me and are just cheering for me. And that's part how I got the book written too, is I had so much support from my family, my husband, my kids, and then my good buddies who just um, were cheering every day of writing for me. At, you know, breaking down those achievements every day of writing is an achievement, what, whether that writing goes anywhere or not. Mm, I know. It's, um, I myself, my first book, it took me three years, Janine. So I know. Mm. And me, it was my inner critic and me getting in the way the whole time. Yes. So, Janine, yep. it, you, you, oh, go on. What were you going to say? I just said it's not easy. It, I, I so understand. Mm. So, Janine, you finished writing your book. Then how did you get onto a publisher? Well, um, I, uh, my good friend, um, Anne Lamont, and I were at, a, were at an event, and she post-Instagrammed a photo of the two of us, and she mentioned that I'd written a book. And um, we were, it was a, a book launch from, for another friend, Meredith Moran, and uh, Meredith's editor asked to see my book. So this is how I got an agent was that then I, I was able to go around and to agents and say an editor would like to see my book. Now that agent never did not end up buying my book. However, she did. She was the impetus for me to get my agent. And then um, so it's these again, these small victories and, you know, being rejected by as one editor doesn't mean that there wasn't some grace involved and some movement in the process. So then I got my wonderful um, agent, Heather Jackson, and we, she, you know, again, it, she shopped the book to a lot of different places and there was a, a good amount of rejection. And ultimately I was like, all right, all right, universe. All right, God, maybe I was just meant to write the book. Maybe the book won't get published. And then, of course, a few weeks later, somebody called who who came up with an offer, and and I, I landed with uh, Harper Collins W Publishing, which is a fabulous a fabulous imprint, and they were um, open to the spiritual aspect of the book, which is my I love you know it's my stuff I love it. Oh, I love that. So when you say spiritual, because everyone interprets that word in so yeah. many different ways. When you think about spiritual, what does that 
um, evoke in you? What does that mean for you? Uh, it means um, tapping into, I just, you know, I tapping into a source and, you know, I don't want to get, <laughs> I am from Northern California. I can get pretty woo woo on you here, but I, I won't do that. But it, there's a source, a source of strength that I've experienced, like walking through all those days and nights in the hospital. Um, you know, all, there's a lot to my story that's in the book and all, all kinds of challenges that came up that I was able to meet with a certain amount of grace and a certain amount of synchronicity that showed up like the right doctor at the right time. I just, you know, we were really cared for. And in that, I, I call it God and I respect whatever anybody else wants to call it. But that's what I call spiritual. It's something else. It's not necess it's not necessarily separate from, from me, but it's through me. And I, I write a lot. I use this line, grace showed up for us through us and despite us that's it's that magic that gets me through when I don't think think something's get throughable and you can get as wee wee as you like Janine we've had lots of amazing stories on the show of people Good. passing away coming back to life angels oh, um people that have passed over communicating with those that have passed over so we've had amazing people on the show so you can get as wee wee as you like Awesome. I love that. I love that. Well, I, I just believe I have a human mind and human eyes. I can only see a small little sliver of the picture. And there is so much going on outside of me. And there's so much even, you know, just just right just nature there's not just nature but I always say just that force that brings the daffodils up every spring there's so much to it there's so much magic here and um, I've come to realize in writing the book that some of the um, the trick <laughs> if there's a trick but is to notice the miracles to see the miracles because you know I've had people say they've been praying for my son but do I say those prayers don't work because the tumor didn't go away? My definition of success and a miracle is not that the tumor is going to disappear. It's that we're together as a family and there's a lot of grace and love has there's all, you know, the miracle is that that love has always been enough, which is amazing. Mm, I love that. And it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that in this time of change, I think that the slowing down has helped us tap into that source and grace that you speak about because it was so crazy, so fast that this has um, pushed us to a halt. Yes. And so how are you experiencing that more, tapping into the source and tapping into grace now? Are you seeing more evidence of that now that we are at this standstill? Well, the challenge that I've had, well, absolutely, absolutely. It's here. It's all around us. Right. And, um, and I do feel, I do feel protected in a way, not and that, you know, I always have to couch that if I did get COVID, you know, and God bless, you know, a lot of people have gotten sick. That doesn't mean the prayer didn't work. Um, <laughs> 
that grace didn't show up. It's just right now in my in my world, um, it's COVID-19 on top of everything else. And I think that's true for a lot of people. You know, um, we've had, my son's had a lot of medical difficulties lately. He's in treatment again for his tumor. He's 22 now. Um, and so grace, I'm having to really dig into more, um, like a, a muscular faith and back to a kind of faith where I, having faith looks like not giving up. Yeah, absolutely. You're so true. And it is, it is about going back to what you were saying at the start, surrendering, letting go. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that sometimes when we hang on to it, we're trying to control an outcome and we're not allowing uh, God source or grace uh, do its magic. And it's once we let go and surrender that we start seeing, like you were saying, the magic unfold. Absolutely, absolutely, and the, it, there's evidence everywhere, which is which is it's really pretty fun, you know. That's amazing. So, Janine, if you had to go back in time, what advice would you give a younger Janine? Hmm. I would tell her not to be afraid to make mistakes. I would encourage her to take more risks and to fail. I would encourage her to, to not try so hard to color in, in inside the lines. Mm, I love that, it's beautiful. And as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. So Janine, what would be that one word for you? Um, Blessed. Mm, I love that. And the last question, (laughs) always love to ask our woman of inspiration is to share three shiny gold nuggets for our listeners. So what would be like three practical exercises that you would like to leave for our audience today? Okay. Um, one would be, um, be kind to yourself, give yourself a break. One, two would be, uh, in moments of overwhelm, notice where your feet are and just take an inhale, exhale and check in. Am I okay right now? Oftentimes I am. And if I'm not, I do inhale and, you know, we get through one moment, one moment at a time. And the third is to um, remember that you're not doing any of this alone. Even if we're separated by buildings and walls right now, um, we are in quarantine here in California at this moment in time. um, We are all having this human experience together. And it's, you know, there's a connection that I know I long for. And um, in these big moments, these big feelings, we're feeling it too, the other humans, and we've done hard before, and you can do this. Mm, I love all three of them. Janine, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your story. Where is the best place for our listeners to find you? You can uh, come to my website at Janine, J-A-N-I-N-E, Urbanic, I'm sorry, U-R-B-A-N-I-A-K, read, R-E-I-D, dot com. I'm also on Facebook um, and on Instagram. So we'll have all those in the show notes. Once again, thank you for your time and your energy.
Thank you. It's been lovely chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplanner.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Until next week, wishing you a fabulous day.